1: Spirit from the inside out. We're being cleansed but cleansing can be a long and arduous process if we choose not to surrender And our God is such a gentleman. he will bring something up to you and go can we get rid of this? I don't think we can get rid of that at that time okay and he moves on
0: and bring up something else
1: but if you're like me, all those things that you tell him you want to keep around keep coming up.
0: To grow closer to Jesus, you need to be willing to let things go. The past sins and grudges must be set aside to leave room for the goodness of Jesus. Today, Pastor Dave challenges you to identify the things in your heart that push back against Christ, recognize them, and ask Jesus to replace them with His desires. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John, chapter 2, as he continues his message, Conversion, Then Cleaning.
1: You are sure. So here we see meek and mild Jesus walking up to them and going, could you please move your stuff? Would you kindly take your stuff elsewhere to do this? Won't you please do that? I want to be nice and I want to be gentle. Uh, no. That's not what it says. Jesus took his time and he fashioned a whip. He fashioned a whip. So all the time he's fashioned it, He's thinking about it. He's thinking about them and how they're dishonoring God and what they're doing towards God's house, his father's house. And he was pleased. He made the whip. And then it says he drove them out. The Greek word for drove is cabelo. It means to drive out with the suggestion of force. doesn't mean just to drive out. He drove them out. In other words, he kicked butt and took names. He went in there and drove them out and got rid of them. He didn't do it in a flash of anger. He carefully took his time, and he did it in his righteous indignation. The house of God had become a house of merchandise. We know that the second time Jesus clears the temple in the other three Gospels, he says, you've made my father's house a den of thieves, a den of thieves. Now, what's interesting here is verse 17 we see that the disciples remember Scripture. It says in verse 17, Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal from your house has eaten me up. Psalm 69. Zeal from his, your house has eaten me up. And I love this. A couple things I like about this. Number one, in Acts 4, the Sanhedrin look upon Peter and John, and they perceive them as uneducated, unlearned men. But they knew Scripture. They knew their scripture, specifically Psalm 69. Zeal has eaten Jesus up. He had such a passion for the things of God. Oh, would that we would have that kind of passion for the things of God. We have plenty of passion when it comes to the Daytona 500. I'm one. I love the race. We have plenty of passion when it comes for football games, basketball games, hockey games, whatever. Whatever. We have plenty of passion for sitting and being baked in the sun. We have plenty of passion for eating. Oh, we love to eat, don't we? We have plenty of passion for all these things. Oh, how we would take that passion and direct it towards God. Oh, if we would have zeal for God like this. Zeal in our hearts for our Father. Wow. Oh, yes. We're very passionate about that. Zeal for His church. Zeal for God's church. Interesting, interesting couple verses there. And you know I'm not done. I want to put them together. I want to take what Jesus is doing, cleansing the temple, and I want to kind of put it together with what we read last week for changing the water to wine. I had this thought that I tried to follow through. Hopefully you can bear with me and we'll see where it goes. I want to put together the miracle at Cana and the cleansing of the temple. I want to go from conversion then cleansing. Okay, I think it's important. Jesus pointed to the new covenant in his blood that would supersede the law. We enter into this covenant with God when we accept Jesus Christ's sacrifice upon the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and we believe in the resurrection. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. That's Romans 10, 9, and 10. Way to salvation. When we are saved, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit comes and lives inside of us. The old is gone, the new has arrived. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. This was pointed to in Cana when the water became wine. This was pointed to and alluded to when the water became wine. Not the old covenant, but the new covenant. Not the old, but the new. Turn, if you will, to 1 Corinthians 6. Turn, if you will, to 1 Corinthians 6, specifically 19 and 20. Specifically 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Paul says this. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were brought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, in context, Paul is talking about sexual immorality. In chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians, he's talking about the sexually immoral. But we can take it deeper than that. We can take it more than that. If you look at it, we are the temple of God. And the word here, temple, the Greek word temple is naos, N-A-O-S. What does it mean? It doesn't mean the entire temple. It means the holy of holies. It means the place where God dwells. You are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. God dwells in you. You are the temple. You are the Holy of Holies. Do you get this picture that we're trying to put here? We now are the Holy of Holies. But our temple was broken. Our temple was in disrepair. Our temple was all about rituals and ceremonies and works of the flesh. But now they've been replaced by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has replaced These rituals, these these ceremonies, these things of the flesh that we tried to do, the works of our hands. I mean, before the water pots were called to fill to the brim, they were empty first. We had to empty ourselves so we might be filled again to the brim with the Holy Spirit. That's the water and the wine. Now comes the cleansing. There are things in your temple. There are things in my temple that are ripping us off. There are things that are stealing our joy. There are things that are making us fearful. There are things that are making us anxious. There are things in our lives, in our temple, that is dishonoring to God. There are things in our temple that are dishonoring God. They are keeping you from worshiping God correctly, and they might even be keeping you from having your prayers answered. These things are keeping you from God and they need to be driven out. Our bodies need to be cleansed. We need to get rid of these things. We've experienced the joy of conversion. Now it's time to cleanse the temple. There's an old story, and I'm not 100% sure how it goes, so if you've heard it before, I'm probably going to butcher it. It's a man who accepted Jesus Christ one night at church. He accepted Christ into a life, and in the prayer he says, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me and fill me afresh with, this Holy, with your Holy Spirit. He said the prayer. So he went home after church that night. The next morning, very early, early, early in the morning, there's a big knock on the door. And he opens it up. Jesus is standing at the doorway. Jesus is standing there saying, I want to come in. Well, Jesus, yes, I've invited you into my life. Come in. But wait a minute. And Jesus walks out. and There's this huge, great, big U-Haul truck there. Opens the doors, pulls out this great, big, gnarly cross. He pulls it out, boom. He starts coming to the house. The man says, where are you going with that? I'm coming into your house. Well, no, wait a minute, you can't bring that in here. No, I'm going to come in here. Well, where are you going to put it? Right in your living room. Well, wait a minute. You, you can't do that. But you asked me to come into your heart. Well, I know I did, but I don't know. I didn't think it meant that. Oh, yeah, it does. And then when I get into your house, I'm going to look under every closet. Every closet? Yeah, every closet. I'm going to look under every bed. Every bed? Yeah. I'm going to go on the computer and look at the history. Every history? Yeah, I'm going to do that. I don't know about that. Well, that's what you signed up for, Jesus said. When you asked me in your York, come into your heart, what did you think I was going to do? What did you think was going to happen? You get the picture? You asked Jesus into your heart, that's conversion. You're converted. You've you've become a Christian. And that means something. That says something. Christian comes from the word little Christ sometimes. we're, We're Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ dwelling in us. For we died and our life is hidden in Christ. Christ it is. But he sets up in our house. He sets up in our temple right here. He brings the cross and it's right there. And he's saying, cleanse yourselves. Cleanse yourselves from that which is keeping me from you. Cleanse yourself which is causing the Father to look away. You're dishonoring the Father with your life, with the things you think about, with the things you do, the things you're in that closet. You can imagine Jesus going to a closet. Don't open that one. He opens up and gets tumbled with a million things coming out. We're being cleansed by the Holy Spirit from the inside out. We're being cleansed. But cleansing can be a long and arduous process if we choose not to surrender. And our God is such a gentleman. He will bring something up to you and go, can we get rid of this? I don't think we can get rid of that at that time. Okay, and he moves on. He'll bring up something else. But if you're like me, all those things that you tell him you want to keep around, keep coming up. Keep coming up. It's like a circuit, you know? Oh, that again. Yeah, I think it's time to deal with that. We want to keep the old ways. We want, we're comfortable in the old ways. We're, we're comfortable in those ways. They're familiar to us. They're familiar to us. I mean, we've never done it any other way. We've got to keep the old way. Because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies belong to God. Our bodies belong to God. We're we're not our own. We've been bought with a price. Jesus paid for us. Jesus paid for our sin. He paid for us. We're not our own. We've been bought with that price. We're not ourselves. You know, if you're an honest person and somebody says, take care of this for me, you're going to take care of it. Usually we take better care of somebody else's property than we do our own. Well, these are not our bodies. They belong to God. These are not our bodies. They belong to God. They're His. They're His purchased possession. We don't have the right to pollute them or to abuse God's property. See, these principles apply more than just sexual conduct. If our bodies belong to Jesus, then we have no right to be idle with them. We have no right to be idle with them or or be wasteful with what belongs to Christ. Our bodies should be put to use to glorify God. That's what it says in First Corinthians six, nineteen and, and twenty. Therefore, glorify God in your body. I love what Spurgeon says. Spurgeon says this quote Your body was a willing horse when it was in the service of the devil. Let it not be sluggish now that draws the chariot of Christ. First Corinthians three, sixteen and seventeen. He says in 16 of chapter 3, 1 Corinthians, Do you not know that you are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are. And when we all come together collectively, we are the temple of Christ. We are the temple of God. Because we bring God with us in the temple. And what makes the church a temple? The Spirit of God dwelling in us. Remember, it's the same word, naos which means the holy of holies, the innermost place, the only place that the, only the priests were allowed to go to once a year. And they had to go there with clean hands. They had to go there with sacrifice, place of deity dwelling. If anyone defiles the temple of God, if you defile the church, God says, I will destroy you. It's God's temple. It's His church. It is a holy, and it matters to God how we treat His holy temple. How do you treat the church? not just the brothers and sisters, but the physical building as well. How do you treat it? Is it a just place where you come and you throw everything around? You throw cigarette butts out in the parking lot all day long, have them everywhere? Do you throw this, throw that, throw trash down? This is the temple of God. This is where God is. This is where you bring God with you. Do you cause distractions during service? Are you texting on your cell phone while the word of God is going out? This is temple of God. You are in the Holy of Holies even now. A place where God dwells. All this takes away from worship and glorifying God. All this takes away from him. Is there something in your life that's defiling God's temple? Is there something that Jesus needs to fashion a whip and drive out of your life? Is there something that Jesus needs to drive out of your heart? Something that's standing between you and the worship of a holy, righteous God? I cannot answer that for you. Only you can answer that for you. Only you can look into your heart. Only you can become David and get along with God and say, search me. Try me. See if there's any wicked way in me. Is there anything coming between you and I? How do I change it? How do I get rid of it? Help me by your spirit to cleanse myself. Cleanse myself, cleanse this temple. I want this to be a house of God. I want this to be a house of prayer, a house of worship. I want my body to be pure for you. Only Jesus can cleanse your heart. Paul made it quite clear in Romans 12:1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. How do I present my body holy and acceptable when I know there is nothing holy and acceptable within me? Ah, Jesus Christ, he's in me. And as I dwell on him, as I conjure him, as I look to him, as I meditate on that which is pure, that which is holy, that which is true, that which is of good report. As I meditate on those things, Christ becomes real in my life. When I look at the things that are not seen, but the things, look on the things that are not seen instead of the things that are seen. When I, when I focus on those things, my body begins to be cleansed of all this other stuff, the garbage that I've been taken in through the world. One commentator I read said, God don't want no dirty house. I like that. But that's kind of cool because you think that God won't fill a dirty vessel and God won't use a dirty vessel either. You can't worship God in a dirty temple. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse us. That's one of his jobs is to conform us into the image of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's one of his jobs. That's what he does from the inside out. If you don't have that power, you have the Holy Spirit. But maybe, just maybe you haven't taken a step further and been baptized by the Spirit. Just maybe you haven't been taken that step further and allowed the Spirit to come upon you with the dunamis power to be witnesses of Christ. And how do we be witnesses of Christ? Living the Christian life the way it's supposed to be. Getting people's attention when they see something different in you as you go through this crisis, as you go through this horrible time. People say, there's something different about you as you're going through this time. I see a peace about you. I see something in your life that's different. And you know what? I want that peace. Ah, the door has been opened and you can tell them about Jesus Christ. You can tell them how wonderful Jesus has been to you and how God has brought you thus this far, Ebenezer. That's for those of you who come on Wednesday night we need the power. We need that power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe today you'll cry out to God and you'll allow him to baptize you with his spirit. Maybe today you can start that cleansing process. I look around the room and I know that majority of us have enjoyed the joy that comes with conversion, the joy with knowing that our sins have been forgiven knowing the joy that we have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ and our sin debt has been paid in full and that is such adulation and joy in our hearts and our bodies. We just scream out thank you Jesus. Thank you and praise you. We've experienced that joy but I know there's some of us in here today. The temple's dirty. There's some things going on that isn't honoring God. Some things in our hearts that are probably shouldn't be there God is bringing them up to you today saying I want to drive these things out let me allow me to drive these things out to get rid of these things and you won't believe the joy you will have when these things are gone and when your temple becomes a place of worship and prayer and oneness with God what joy you could have Peter uh, Peter calls it joys inexpressible A joy that is so incredibly full, I can't explain it to you. I can't tell you about it because it's inexpressible. It's just so hard to express this joy. It's almost giddy. It's almost a giddiness that you have because you know, that you know, that you know. Folks, time is short. Time is short. We're in the last days, and I see things ramping up. When we studied the book of, uh, of, when we studied eschatology, we talked about how the last days, how it would start out slow and then it would pick up steam like a snowball coming down a mountain. Well, man, we're in the middle of a mountain and we're going full bore. And things are happening at lightning speed. We need to be ready. When that trumpet sounds, we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. And that means cleansing the temple. Conversion. Then cleansing. If you haven't made the conversion point yet, we need to talk. It's time. Get your life right with God through Jesus Christ. Declare Him as Savior. Confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive your sins. And then cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's the same thing. The same order. Confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive them and cleanse you. So just what we just talked about. Conversion, then cleansing. Follow that order and let them cleanse you. Let them wash you with the water of the Word. Let them wash you anew and make you fresh. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the new life. Look at the gifts of the Spirit. Look at the fruit of the Spirit. The wonderful things that come out of your life. Don't be afraid. But do it today. Begin it today. Let the process happen in you today. There'll be people up here to pray with you. People up here who will lead you into salvation. People up here who will lay hands on you and pray that you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. People who want to see you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and want to draw closer to Him. And I assume that's everybody's wish, or maybe you wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning. And if you're here out of obligation, you're in bigger trouble than I thought. Conversion, then cleansing, it's the way of God. And he's cleansing us. And one of these days, we'll stand before him. We will stand before him. And we'll see him as he really is. And he will appear to us in all his glory. And we will be like him. Oh, my. When everything is done, completed in our eyes. Because I got news for you, folks. It's already done and completed in his. On the cross, it was finished. Today, don't put off today. Let it happen in you today. Let it begin in you. Today. Amen. You are sure
0: the Book of John covers Jesus's life and ministry here on Earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. Keep looking to Scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to Assure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the Messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel, Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.